Hey guys, welcome back to DWMOD. That's Disagree With Me or Don't. And as usual, I'm your host, Mikey Wilson. Uh, this is just a quick flash episode. going to try to keep it short for you guys. The NFL draft is tomorrow, and I just want to get into talking a little bit of Lions. We'll see how they're going to blow it this year. We're going to run down the first round of the draft for you. I am not going to bore you to death with one of these mock drafts where I'm going to try to tell you exactly what pick is going to be made in the first 32 picks of the draft. Nobody wants to sit through that. You care about your team, and you care about teams that affect maybe your team's ability to move up, move back, however that's going to play out. Um, I'll run through all 32, but I'm not going to dwell on picking guys for each team. Um, you know, we'll fly through that. As far as the Lions are concerned here, though, guys, I'll get right to it. We're not in good shape. I mean, we're not in good shape, and you guys know it. And if you've been following it all, it's just going to get worse. Quinn and Matt Patricia, uh, they're trying to save their jobs. They're trying to save their jobs. It has not been great, and I'm not dogging them. I didn't expect it to be great right out of the gates. I mean, this is a complete rebuild that they didn't start, and it should have been started this year. You got to break the damn thing down, and you haven't even done that yet. Uh, these guys, you know, they got an ultimatum from from Martha Ford, you know, during the offseason. She said, I'm not firing anybody yet, but this year it's winner else. So what are these guys feeling the heat to do? Are they feeling the heat to win the division? They know they can't do that. Are they feeling the heat to go, you know, nine and seven? Uh, they know they can't do that. These guys are feeling the heat to try and go seven and nine and save their job for one more year. So what is Quinn doing in the offseason? He, he's got to try to free up some money to bring in some bit players. He ain't bringing in any big free agency, but he's got to bring in a couple of spot pieces to try to get to that 7-8 win mark if he can to save his job. So the first thing they do, they restructure Matt Stafford's contract. You know, they restructure this guy's contract and and Stafford as far as my research shows me, uh, he's going to be roughly 26.7 million over the next 3 years. Okay? So you couldn't move him now even if you wanted to because the way that they restructured this contract was basically switching over his roster bonus to a signing bonus, which freed up a little bit of cap money because then it only makes him a $21.3 million cap hit. But if we were to move him, we'd be sitting on $32 million in dead money. So because of that off-season restructuring right there, made it pretty tough to move him before, but now it's completely impossible. Completely impossible. And I'm not going to get into trading Matt Stafford or not trading Matt Stafford because the haters will come out on Twitter and they think that that means you hate Matt Stafford. I love Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's been tough. He's been the best quarterback I've ever seen get to play for the Detroit Lions. The guy's been great. I think he deserves a chance to try and make a Super Bowl run with another team. I'd like to see him trade it for his own good because we're abysmal. Okay, I love the guy. But it is time for a restructure. And if we could have moved him before doing this, we should have absolutely tried that. We've seen the track record in the draft the last bunch of years. Moving guys can get you a couple of first round picks. And right about now, that's about what we needed to dump his money, eat some of that cap money for a couple of years during a rebuild, grab some number ones, get them on cheap contracts. That That's the recipe for a Super Bowl in the NFL right now, guys. I mean, just take a look around. It's, it's young quarterbacks on rookie deals or on the, they're, you know, heading into their first big contract. You spend the money around them, you make your run. There isn't a team in the league that's making a run at Super Bowls that is structured around an overpaid quarterback in his prime with no pieces around him. I mean, we're spending roughly $30 million a year for four to five wins. It's time to cut ties with the guy, but we're absolutely handcuffed now, and we're not going to be able to do that. So that's my two bits on that. I'm not going to beat that to death. Them doing that just stated, 
We need consistency. We're keeping this guy. I got to try to win six or seven games so that I can stay alive here. And that's been our story forever with the Lions. Coaches and GMs just trying to stay alive and not get fired. Nobody's trying to win. I mean, nobody's trying to win is my point there. Uh, There's one little interesting thing in the contract, though. If they were to move him right now, in that $32 million hit, there's an unspecified optional bonus. Um, Now, you can't get any numbers on this thing, and you can't get any dates on this thing. It's very secretive. I don't understand why. But it doesn't say any specifics, but I assume that the date would be before the season goes into effect. If we were to move him before the season, then $8.2 million would come off of that cap hit, and it would fall into the $24.8 million hit range. But again, it's very very tricky how all that works and and it's pointless to speculate on because we're not moving him we're stuck with him they restructured they're standing by him they're trying to win six games this year that's just the bottom line that being said we know where we stand we know where we're probably going to finish let's get into the draft what are we going to do with that third pick a ton of speculation out there that they're going to go defense and they're going to go corner to make up for losing Darius Slay which first of all let me just say uh goodbye to Darius Slay Thank you for being a lion and playing hard, but good riddance to the guy. I mean, you're going to get vocal about wanting to trade and getting out of Detroit. I understand that, but this guy wanted to be the highest paid corner in the league and Philly made him pretty darn close. If not, I think he may be. He's right up there now. The guy's 29 years old and he wants to be the highest played corner in the league. This guy's not one of the best corners in the league at all. I mean, you're talking about a guy who... It just right before he got traded, he posted some kind of stat on his Twitter, like uh, most pass defends his way. That was like top five in the league, maybe like top three in the league. Let me just tell you this. Um, if you're one of the top corners in the league, you don't lead the league in pass defense. They don't go your way. You tell me the last time somebody like Darrell Rivas led the leagues in passes defended. If you're defending enough passes to be the top pass defender in the league, that means they're going after you. And if they're going after you, you ain't that great. Okay, I'm just going to say that. Now, like I was saying, a lot of speculation. The Lions are going to hang around with that third pick, and they're going to take the cornerback out of Ohio State, Jeff Okuda. I believe I'm saying that right. Anyway, I know who the kid is. I watch a lot of Big Ten football. I'm aware of who he is. Hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. But And as much as I love drafting defense, um, I'm not interested in drafting a cornerback with the third overall pick for a team that's going to be trailing in a ton of games. So when the other team gets the ball and they're up on you, they're not tossing it around a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't see that as being a big piece that helps you come back in games when you're going to be trailing a whole lot. Okay. Um, some might argue it helps you stay out in front, but listen, I'm not interested in going cornerback with the third overall pick. We have plenty of other needs on this team. I just think that'd be a mistake. And I don't think that's a position or a guy that is a franchise changer, you know? So, That being said, uh, there's also a lot of speculation that they may be looking to draft Matthew's replacement with this, you know, batch of quarterbacks that are available this year. And I'm telling you right now, I'm a big time no way on Tua. No way on Tua. Um, This guy is injury prone like you wouldn't believe. He's not very big. He's being touted as a mobile quarterback with a great arm, which he is, and he's a great player. But I'm just telling you right now, this is a guy that is not going to last in the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, he couldn't even get through seasons in the SEC, which is really competitive, but you can't even get through seasons in the SEC without getting some really crazy injuries. Ankle a couple of times, a big-time hip injury. Uh, These are injuries that, to me, this just screams as a guy that is injury-prone. 
injury prone, and man, have the Lions drafted enough injury prone first rounders. I'm not interested in Tua. I'm not interested in taking a quarterback with this third spot. The dream pick here for me and everybody else, I'm no genius, the dream pick here is Chase Young. This is a guy that can transform your defense. This is a guy that you need in this division to run down Rodgers, to run down Kirk Cousins, you know, to give fits to Trubisky or Foles, whoever's going to be playing up there and down there in Chicago. Uh, This is a guy, this is the dream pick. And here's how you maybe go about getting them, which I'm sure they're trying to do. But I would absolutely let every team out there think that we are going to take Tua or Herbert or that we're trying to take a quarterback. I would absolutely, because Miami and the Chargers are both looking to get a quarterback. Okay, they're picking five and six. We're sitting three. They want to try to get up to three so that they can get the guy they want. And if those two are battling for who they want, I'm answering both phone calls the same way. Guys, we're set. We're taking Tua. Guys, we're set. We're taking Herbert. Whatever. I would let both teams know, hey, we're taking a guy, we're taking a guy, we're taking him. Because I don't want them trying to deal with me to come up the third. I want them to think they got to get on the phone with Washington and make a swap with Washington. If you want to get your quarterback, you're going to have to get in front of us because we're taking one, you know. Because then maybe they go up and try to swap with Washington, which I don't think Washington would do right now. But maybe if the price is right, if the price is right, maybe they do. And if they jump up to Washington spot, then Chase Young lands right in our lap because I'm not interested in the quarterback. That's about the best scenario for us trying to get Chase Young is to make those teams think they need to get in front of us and swap with Washington, which I don't think Washington's going to do. So at our spot, and I'll get to it, I'm going to start right at the top of the draft here, and I'll get to who I think the Lions should be looking at taking, in my opinion. So right at the top of the draft, picking number one, that's a slam dunk. Everybody knows that Cincinnati's taking Joe Burrows. That's a done deal. The Bengals are taking Burrows. It's already done. It's over. That's what's happening. There's a couple of good quarterbacks in this draft everybody kind of wants. We're going to get across all of them. Uh, you know, Tua, Herbert we talked about. Uh, Love is a guy that I really like. I watched him play a lot. Watched him play a bowl game against my Central Michigan Chippewas. Um, this guy's good. This guy's good. We'll get into talking about him later. Not a top of the draft good, but anyway, a lot of good quarterbacks, but Everybody is expecting a big run on a really deep class of offensive tackles this year that are really good. It's a lot of guys in this draft that are good at tackle. So at number two, I fully expect Washington to not be trading out anywhere, be duped by anybody. They're going to take Chase Young. They're going to take Chase Young. I won't be surprised if they maybe sign Cam Newton to try to bring Haskins along. There's some speculation out there that the Redskins want to maybe draft a quarterback again. Why? Because Arizona did it drafted a couple of first-rounders back-to-back. That's not some kind of new copycat playbook thing they're doing in the NFL. I'm telling you right now, Washington's not taking a quarterback, all right? Expect them maybe to bring in Cam Newton or Winston or somebody to tootle Haskins, and we'll see what happens there. But Washington takes Chase Young, which leaves us sitting at third. We didn't get anybody to take the bait. Nobody traded up with Washington. We're sitting third. So we can do one of a couple of things here. They can take Okuda. I don't think they should do that, all right? I think they should go offensive tackle right here. You're sitting third. You're going to get your pick of them, um, which to me, I think Thomas out of Georgia is a slam dunk. This guy is flat out good. Everything you read about him says he's ready to step in and play right now and be one of the better tackles in the league. He is ready to play. You could take him or you could take Wills out of Bama, you know, or you could take Wirfs out of Iowa. The dude ran a 4'8", 40. He's like 315 pounds. Anyway. Any of those three guys would be a great pick at number three because 
not that it's like a big need for us or we're going to compete and you need somebody to protect Matthews going to be out of here in a couple of years, but just because I think they're kind of can't miss guys. I think these are three tackles that are solid bookends to start your rebuild with. And I don't think we should grab one of them. But anyway, leads me to another scenario. We didn't get anybody to bite. Nobody went up and traded with Washington to leave us chase young. So now you get on the phone with Miami and LA and, and you, they know, you know, you were bluffing. And then you tell them, okay, guys, which one of you wants to jump up and take our spot at three and grab your quarterback? Because Miami, if you don't, or Chargers, if you don't, so, you know, the other guy's going to get them. So you try to get one of those guys to trade. You swap down to five or six. And if you swap down to five or six, you still get the tackle you want and you get some more picks out of it. So I would absolutely look to trade down if we don't get that lottery ball and get Chase Young. Looking to trade down. Okay, number four, the Giants are going O-line or bust, and that's it. They, they got Daniel Jones. They're looking to protect him. They got a hell of a running back in Saquon Barkley. They're going O-line or trade down. I, I will expect them to wind up with either Wills or Thomas at offensive tackle. I mean, that's just a no-brainer, I think. And Miami sitting at five, they're going quarterback. If, if, if they just sit there, they can collect it. They can take Tua or they can take Herbert, which leads us to number six, the Chargers are trying to float out there that they're all set on Tyrod Taylor. They're not looking to take a quarterback this year. That's a bunch of bullshit because they spent a bunch of money in the offseason. They brought in free agents. They think they're ready to compete in that division right now. And if they are, then that means they're not looking forward to Trevor Lawrence and expecting to have a struggling season again. So don't sell me on they're ready to go with Tyrod Taylor when they're sitting six. They're going to take Tour or Herbert, whoever falls in their lap. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, then then you got Carolina sitting at number seven. And like I said, I'm going to move through this quick, guys. I don't want to bore you to death on it, but you got Carolina sitting at number seven, and I, I fully expect that they're probably going to take Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. Um, this guy's versatile. He can play all over the field. With the new regime they got in there, it just makes sense, and I don't think that this guy is going to be someone who's going to slip too far. I mean, he might be even drafted – in the first six, if there wasn't so many needs out of these first six teams up there, this guy's that good. I, I, I think Carolina will probably take the linebacker out of Clemson. Uh, number eight, Arizona. A lot of people expect them to trade down out of this spot. I absolutely do not expect that. In the offseason, they went out and they got Hopkins for Kyler Murray to throw to. Uh, they're absolutely looking to go O-line here. They're going to go O-line because there's a bunch of tackles in this draft that are really good. They probably get Werfs here. And, you know, being the third, second or third tackle off the board in the first eight teams, in my consideration, I think that's what's going to happen. And a lot of think people are arguing that Werfs is probably the best tackle in the draft. They could grab him at eight, and you're telling me they're going to trade down? I don't think so. They're going O-line. Number nine, Jacksonville. I'll expect them to take uh, Brown, you know, out of Auburn, defensive lineman, or – you know, maybe they'd snag a quarterback as a surprise. You know, maybe the Chargers ain't bluffing and don't take a quarterback if one of those quarterbacks fall. But as of right now, everything that they've been doing as a franchise seems to say we want to move things out. We want to be not good this year. We want Trevor Lawrence next year, and they're going to draft other positions this year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them take defensive lineman Brown because the defensive line is not very deep in this draft. It's not very deep. They could probably take Brown right here. Cleveland Browns are picking number 10. Uh, this is a spot they may look to trade out of, okay? They may trade out. Now, I know they're sitting there hoping that they can get their hands on Brown, but I just I don't think that they're going to. Maybe if Simmons falls, if Simmons falls to number 10, I'd be shocked, but Cleveland would snap him up. 
even though uh, you know the inter- linebacker is not a giant need for the Browns right now to to snap that guy up at ten. But like I said before, he's a very versatile player. He can play all over the field. You can move him around into different spots, and that's why it makes him really draftable. Even if you're feeling confident at linebacker, I could see the Browns taking him if he's still available. Um, or an offensive tackle, just because they're so deep at this point. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cleveland trade out of here. Number 11, the Jets. Okay, they're going O-line all day. They're going O-line all day. They're praying that all these teams up ahead of them bounce around and pass on these tackles because the Jets are going O-line. I, that's one thing I'll put money on at 11. They're going O-line. Um, I wouldn't see them spending that pick on some – weapons to try to to give Sam Darnold just because you got to protect him before you get him any weapons and you already spent money last year on Le'Veon Bell I think they're going to stand pat with that and go O-line number 12 uh you got the Vegas Raiders all right Raiders out in Vegas this year um it's I think this is an obvious one too I mean they want a wide receiver they want a playmaker. They love that. That's been the deal with the Raiders for years. They want a big downfield guy. They want a guy with some speed, some playmaking ability. I think they're going to go with Lamb. You know, If they don't go Lamb, they might go D-line if nobody's taken Brown yet, but I'm sure he's going to be gone. Um, I, I think they're going to take Lamb. You know, If they don't, they'll take the kid out of Alabama. Um, anyway, I really think this will be C.D. Lamb right here at 12 to the Raiders. 13th pick. Indianapolis traded to the 49ers. Uh, so the Niners get this pick. For the Niners here with this pick, I, I could see them trading down out of this pick too because there's a, te- a lot of teams are going to want to jump up here to get in the race here because, like I said, there, there's there's going to be a run on linemen here, and there's some teams that really need them are going to want to get up in the mix here. So I could see the 49ers trading out of this pick. But if they don't and they stand pat, I don't think it would be crazy – because they have another pick at 31. I don't think it would be crazy for them to be looking running back here, and that's not popular in the last bunch of years to go early on running back. But if you watch Frisco on their Super Bowl run, they had a couple of running backs they were rotating. These guys got hurt a bunch. When they weren't hurt, they were playing really well within that offense. That's a team that could run the ball. They throw well to the backs out of the backfield, and the running backs were really driving that offense when they were healthy. And these weren't star players. These guys are not stars, okay, talent-wise. And when they were hurt, that offense struggled, you know, and you saw it. Down the stretch in the playoffs, they really had to get simple. These guys were banged up. You saw it. I wouldn't be surprised to see them use that 13th pick on a guy like J.K. Dobbins. I mean, this is a guy that's a power running back. He's a great running back. He's got good versatility, great eyes, sees the field. He's great out of the backfield. I I wouldn't be shocked to see them take J.K. Dobbins right there. Um, number 14, Tampa Bay. We all know they got Brady. We all know they just got Gronk. Okay. I'm again, I think this is an O-line pick for Tampa Bay. I think this is an O-line pick for Tampa Bay, or they try to snatch up a back and, and give some weapons to Brady out of the backfield. He loves to do that kind of stuff. They could go Dobbins. They could go Swift. I mean, this is a team that it's going to be offensive. I would expect alignment. But my the only thing I'm saying here is is it's going to be offensive because they're they're loaded on defense. I mean, they got Ndamukong Sue, they got Pierre Paul, they got Vita Vaya, they got Golston, Levante David. I mean, this is a team that defensively they're feeling pretty good about themselves. So I, they're going to go O-line to protect Brady, I think. That's just what I see. Uh, 15 Denver, you're, they're going wide receiver. 
I think they're taking a wide receiver, and they're going to take whoever's left out of the two. It's either going to be Lamb or they're going to take uh, the kid out of Bama, Judy. Uh, it's going to be one of those two guys. I see Denver going receiver. They feel good uh, with the quarterback change they made last year. They're feeling pretty good there with Drew Locke. I think, I think that's where they're going to stick. They're going to give him a weapon. Uh, anyway, it takes a 16. The Falcons, I mean, whatever, whatever. This is a – the Falcons have been a dumpster fire. You don't know what you're getting down there. I mean, they may be up for D-line. They do need defense. They definitely need some defense. I don't know what they're going to do. Who knows what they're going to do. 17, the Cowboys. Cowboys are looking to go DB all day. They're 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 hoping some of these top corners fall to them at 17. It's a big need for them. They need help in that secondary. That's what they feel can put them over the top defensively. They're feeling pretty good on offense. I think this is a DB pick for Dallas all day long. Uh, and last, just keep this in your craw. Keep this one in your craw right quick and pull it out of the bag. Um, what if we see some type of Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben type of first-round fall where everybody kind of passes on him? Uh, you know, the Chargers in Miami, these are teams that got multiple picks. Maybe they think they can get him on the uh, catch him on the next go-round. Other teams don't want it. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, if either Tua or Herbert falls this far, Jerry Jones is taking one of them. Jerry Jones is taking one of them if they're available at 17. You better believe it. So if Miami thinks they're waiting around and they're going to grab their quarterback at 18 because they'll take whoever's left, whoever the Chargers don't take, uh, that ain't going to work because Dallas will take them. I'm telling you right now, Jerry Jones would love to snag one of those guys at 17 and he'll do it, which, like I just said, Miami is picking 18. At 18 here, Miami's taking best available. They took their quarterback already. They're going best available player here. I, I, you know, That's just what I think they're going to do. Or maybe they trade down, you know, but they're going best available here. They took the quarterback already. Maybe an offensive offensive lineman to try to protect them. That's what I'd expect out of 18. 19, Vegas. Uh, Gruden starts to run on defense now, okay? He starts to run on defense now unless one of these top tackles has fallen, which I don't think they're going to. These guys are going to go fast. Um, so Gruden will start to run on defense here. I'd expect him. He did interior last year. I'd expect him to try to maybe grab an edge guy. Um you know, maybe somebody like Chase on at LSU, but definite, definite defensive pick here at 19 for Gruden. He's going to start making a run on that defense. Number 20, Jacksonville. Again, throw your hands up here. Best available, and it's not going to be a QB. I, I don't, I mean, I could see them passing even if Tua or Herbert fell to 20, which I don't think they will. But if they did, I could see Jacksonville passing on them then. I think they are all in on Trevor Lawrence next year grabbing a bunch of pieces this year and going right after Lawrence next year. I think that's what they're planning on doing, uh, which is sad for a fan base. I mean, you should try to win now. But anyway, 21, Philadelphia. Um, I would expect Philadelphia to have traded up by this point. They want to trade up from 21 because their biggest need is a big play wide receiver for Wentz. They need a big play wide receiver. Both those top guys are going to be gone by now. Expect Philly to have traded up out of this pick by now because they got to get a wide receiver for Wentz. They'd love to have uh, C.D. Lamb or Judy out of Bama. They need them. They got to go get them. Make your move. You're competing in your division. You're a team that can win that division. You proved you can win that division without talent. You add some talent. Now you're a Super Bowl team again. Expect them to move up. 22 is a Vikings pick that they got from Buffalo. You know, I'll expect the Vikings now to take a DB. They, they got to be looking at a corner. There should be a corner or two left here for them to grab because they lost three of them in the offseason. They lost three. So they're looking to replace here in the secondary, no doubt about it. And um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that that's a great swap for Diggs. You know what I mean? The Vikings are looking to 
grab a DB at 22 and you gave away digs to Buffalo. I, you know, sometimes you got to look at, does the trade hold value for you? Yeah. You got a first rounder for a guy you're looking to move. Okay. But what are you going to do with that first rounder? You're sitting at 22 with that first rounder. And now you're looking at replacing some DBs that left there. I mean, I don't know. To me, I don't see that as a, a good swap. So we'll see what they're doing there. Maybe they're going to try to parlay that into something else. That makes more sense to me. 23, you got new England. Um, they're looking for a quarterback fall. I mean, they would love a quarterback fall right here, but I don't, you know, that would be pretty tremendous if one of those guys fell to this point. I also wouldn't be shocked to see them take Love right here at 23. Now, I told you I was going to talk about Love. I'm going to talk about Love. I think this guy, you didn't get to see him a lot. He plays at Utah State. His junior campaign, they were phenomenal. I think they only lost one game. Maybe they lost two. I think they only lost two games, but I know they lost in East Lansing to Michigan State uh, by like a field goal in the season opener on a, on a final drive or something. But anyway, my point is his junior campaign at Utah State, this guy was lights out, lights out, which is what's got him on the map right now. When you're at a school like Utah State, you're at the whim of what kind of players you've got at the moment. And his junior year, they had some better pieces around him, and the guy played lights out. His senior year wasn't as good, but they weren't as good a team all the way around. So, you know, you, when you got other offenses taking long drives and chunks off the clock, you don't have the ball as much. You're not going to put up the same type of numbers, you know. Uh, I think this kid's really good. He's a mobile guy that not like a Lamar Jackson. This guy's not looking to run to pick up first downs at all. This is a guy that's more like a Russell Wilson. He can do it, and he'll kill you doing it if he needs to, but he's looking to throw the ball when he's on the move. This is a guy that reminds me a lot of, of the type of play that's taken over in the NFL of Russell Wilson type of mobile quarterbacks. He could be good. If he's available at 23, I will not be shocked to see New England take him. 24, the Saints. Uh, they're going defense all day. They need help up front. They need help at linebacker. There hasn't been many linebackers taken to this point. I wouldn't be surprised to see New Orleans take a linebacker at 24. They need them on the defense. That's what they need. 25, the Vikings are picking again. Vikings are picking right away again at 25, and they're going to get their DB here if they didn't get them at 22. And, and again, that's speculating that maybe an offensive lineman has fell to them up there at 22 but I expect them to go O-line DB with these two picks and we're gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a scorecard at the end of this and see how close we were on position wise you can't nail exactly what player these teams are going to take especially this late in the draft 26 Miami picks again um, and again you know this is O-line D-line whoever's available O-line D-line here they're going to take the best player they're going to take the best player unless they can, you know, maybe grab a linebacker themselves. But this is going to be O-line, D-line, best player. They're a dumpster fire. It's best available here. They took their quarterback already. 27, Seattle. Um, I think Seattle is probably the team that is most likely to trade out in this round. Um, they're going to move here, I think. They're the most likely to trade in this spot because – you know, if any other player, if an O-lineman falls here or a DB or one of those quarterbacks falls here, maybe somebody wants to move up to get love if New England's passed on them. This just is a prime spot for somebody to move up and make sure they get a guy in the first round. And Seattle's, you know, they're not in love with anybody, you know, major needs in this spot that might be available. I could see them trading out of this spot. 28, the Baltimore Ravens. They will use this pick, and whoever they pick will be good because that is what they do. They know what they're doing. They draft good players. Uh, 28, Baltimore will grab a guy that you didn't even probably get. You didn't even hear anybody talking about a lot before the draft. You might recognize the name but didn't even think he's going to be a first-rounder. They'll grab him. The guy will be a pro bowler because that's what Baltimore does. Uh, 29, Tennessee. 
same as Seattle. They'd be happy to trade out of this spot. You know, if an O-lineman falls in their lap, one of these big tackles, because there's going to be a run on tackles. There's going to be a run on tackles in this draft. You mark my words. Like when you're at your fantasy football draft and there starts being a run on kickers and everybody jumps in and starts grabbing kickers, I'm telling you right now, some point during this draft, there is going to be a, a run on tackles. I could see Tennessee trading out of this spot if none of those guys fall. That takes us to number 30, Green Bay. Green Bay would love to have a wide receiver here. I also wouldn't be shocked to see them take a linebacker. That's a big need for them. Could be Patrick Queens out of LSU if he falls this low. I don't think he will. Probably be somebody more like uh, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Uh, there's a kid out of Wyoming that's getting a lot of heat named Wilson. Uh, he could be a guy that he's moved up. Guys are really thinking about him from what I've read. And a kid out of Texas Tech named Brooks. But I'd expect Green Bay maybe to take a linebacker here if they can't snag the wide receiver they want. At 31, Frisco's probably going to go D-line to make up for the trade with Indianapolis. Uh, they traded DeForest Buckner. And they're going to want to look to replace him. If not, this could be a spot where they grab their running back. But I'll expect them to take uh, Swift or Dobbins or one of these guys in the first round with those picks they've they've acquired. Which leaves us Kansas City Chiefs at 32. And I'm just going to try to throw a dart and slam dunk this one with the name. And I'm going to say that the Chiefs wind up with Clavon Chase on a defensive end out of LSU edge guy at 32. He's fallen. They grab him. Why not? Why not? I also wouldn't be shocked to see them maybe take a running back in this spot either. But I think I think defense, something on the edge, maybe a linebacker. Anyway, that's a quick rundown of from what I've read and what, what, what I think may be happening in the draft this year. If any one of those are your teams, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. Hey, but let me hear about it on that Twitter. Hit me at DWMODpod. Let me know if you think I'm way off base. Let me know if you think I'm on base. Um, when I tell you, you know, Minnesota's looking to grab a DB. You know, they could be looking at, at grabbing a guy like Trayvon Diggs somewhere up in, you know, out of Alabama, up in one of those two picks to make up for the people they've lost. That could happen. You don't think so? You're a Vikings fan? Let me know. I just want to see who you guys think, are, you know, your team's going to take. I'm going to keep a little scorecard tomorrow and see how close I got on positions for teams, uh, score up some bonus points if I nailed an exact pick which rarely happens, trust me. This is a very difficult process to do. But back to the Lions real quickly before we sign off. Promised I was going to keep this to a flash episode and short for you. Um, we're not in good shape, guys. This is a rebuild that needs to start. You cannot compete in this division. We are not competing in this division, and we're not going to compete in this division in the foreseeable short future here. So this is a rebuild that needs to start, and Martha Ford – should not have given those guys the ultimatum this year because we are in the position we've been in as Lions fans forever now this year. We are going to fight and struggle to spend a little bit of money to win six or seven games so that we can all keep our jobs. And let me tell you how the history of that's gone for the Detroit Lions. You never win your six or seven. You wind up winning your three or four. We're back at the top of the draft next year. We stunk and you're fired and we're looking at new coaches again a new GM again. This is what we're looking at. I mean, she should have just give this guy some time, sat down and talk with him in the offseason, move who you need to move, eat the money on Matthew if you need to eat the money on Matthew, and let's get this thing going in the right direction. Because, quite frankly, they could have made some moves with him before they restructured that, yes, you're going to eat some money. 
a good amount of money. But if you look at it, you were looking at eating somewhere in the, the low $20 million range. You're going to eat it against the cap. You're not going to be competitive this year anyway, so that's fine. And another team would be more than willing to have taken that salary on compared to what these new quarterback salaries are going to be. Now, I'm not saying the Cowboys would have been interested at all, but I'm just using this as, as an example. You got a guy like Dak Prescott, and yeah, the franchise tag him for over $31 million a year when you could have made a move to get Matt Stafford, who's relatively young still at that position. You could have made the move to get him and you got him locked up for three years at roughly $24.6 million. Now you want to tell me a team wouldn't be interested in listening to that? They wouldn't be interested in listening. I can grab one of the better quarterbacks in the whole league and have him locked up for three years at 24.6 or have to overpay one of these young guys that hasn't really proven themselves yet. I think a lot of teams who think they could make a Super Bowl run like a Cowboys might have been open into listening to giving up some draft picks to do that. And yeah, it would be stupid for us because we'd have to eat that money. Well, guess what, guys? We're going to win four games any fucking way. So what's the point? What does it matter? You know, we're like a blind dog chasing our own tail every single year. Knock it off. Get the rebuild going. I mean, you know, let me give you another example. And I'm not saying that this was something that they could have, should have done. But I'm just simple research here. You don't think a team like the Colts? You don't think a team like the Colts was a team that thinks they're, they think they're a Super Bowl team, but they don't have a quarterback. You don't think they would have been open to looking to make a trade for Matt Stafford instead of signing Phillip Rivers to a one-year deal for $25 million? I mean, when you could have Stafford locked up for 25, 24.6, 26 million for the next three years, you don't think they'd be open? And here's why I'm telling you they'd be open. Because they've got a ton of draft capital this year. The Colts have a first-round pick at 13. They have a second-round pick at 34. Uh, also a second-round pick at 44. Two second-rounders. They got a third round at 75, a fourth rounder at 112, a fifth rounder at 143, two sixth-round picks, 189, 174, a seventh-round pick at 197. Ton of draft capital they could move. And their $86.2 million cap space was perfect to try to do this kind of thing. This was a team I think you could have got on a phone and maybe got something done with before you restructured, okay? Again, I'm not saying that I'm this is a slam dunk and I'm super, super smart. I'm just saying you just look these numbers up and, and stop trying to sell us in the Detroit media that Stafford is unmovable. Unmovable, yeah, because you restructured that contract the way you did. We could have ate that contract for two years at the old rate. Now, it wouldn't have been something any team would love to do but when you look around the division and you understand this is what we got to do right now let's acquire a bunch of picks we'll be in the trevor lawrence run next year you know put you in the trevor lawrence run next year you draft whoever you get this year with the first round pick you stock up a couple of more first round picks you get lawrence next year now all of a sudden in three years you may have a roster that's got you ready to compete as aaron Rodgers is aging and fading out of green bay minnesota's coming back down to earth and chicago is their dumpster fire is no longer held under control by a defense with fresh water hoses okay that thing's now burning out of control because they can't play offense in three years, that's where you could have been. Now, if I told you you could do that and you'd have to eat this cap money for a couple of years, would you do it? Or would you have that same stupid thought of, no, we just can't eat that money. Let's try to go out and win seven and wind up with four. I mean, I'm just, there's a lot of things they could have done. And those are the only, I mean, I just broke down two teams that I thought maybe something could be done with. My prediction for the Lions this year will be just enough wins so that we won't be anywhere near 
being able to get Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think this guy's the guy or the savior. I'm just saying. We're going to suck. We're going to need to be looking to get a quarterback. As I stated before, this is the recipe to winning and making a Super Bowl run in the league. Get yourself a great young quarterback that can play right away which a lot of these guys can do now because they're coming out of high schools and colleges where they're just way more prepared than they were in the past. Plugging a guy in right away is a thing that you can do now. This is a guy who's ready to come in and play right away. He'll be cheap. You can build around him. We're going to win just enough games so that we can't even sniff that sweepstakes next year. And I'll say five. I'll say we'll win five games this year and Quinn will be fired and Patricia will be fired and where are we? Spent another year on nothing, and we're right back where we always are. I mean, I hate to say it, but somebody's got to buy this team. Mark Cuban, please, please, everybody's heard that rumor. Please, Cubes, come by the Lions, man. Please come by the Lions, because you've got a rabid fan base, and the type of owner that he is, that would just be a perfect fit in Detroit. It'll never happen. The Fords will never give up the team because Ford is a national sponsor for the NFL, and that's just never going to happen. So we're stuck, man. We're stuck in perpetual less than mediocrity, and and it's it frustrates me as a Lions fan. I'm just telling you that right now. I don't even see what they can do now. I will argue with anybody anytime I'm talking sports with anybody at any bar. There is not a worse professional franchise than the Detroit Lions. In the history of professional sports, no franchise is worse than the Detroit Lions. Anybody you want to give me, I'm telling you right now, Lions are worse. We have won one playoff game ever. One. And it's always drafting these injury-prone players or just throwing all kind of money at offense, offense, offense to try to help people out, try to help these quarterbacks that we draft high, whether it be Joey Harrington or whether it be a guy who deserves the weapons like Matt Stafford. We have focused on defense twice. 91, our defense was awesome. We went to the NFC Championship game. That was the year we won one playoff game. Granted, we beat the Cowboys and we whipped their ass pretty damn bad. And that was a Cowboys team that went on to win a bunch of Super Bowls. That's our only playoff win ever. But defense was the key that year. And in 2013, when we got robbed out of our Super Bowl run by shitty officiating and the Cowboys down in Dallas, that team led by defense. And every time we'll come back to the draft and go offense, 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 offense. How many tight ends have we taken in the first round in the past five years? You know what I mean? Uh, we'll screw it up. We'll screw it up somehow. And I really hope we don't. I'm Lions to the end, man. I'm diehard. I want to win. I want to be good. But I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid this year, man. You guys get me drinking the Kool-Aid every year. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid this year. It's going to be bad. I'm prepared. I got new brake pads on the car because I got to pump the brakes on this one. I'm done. I'm out. This thing needs to be blown up and rebuilt. Anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, you know, tweet me your thoughts at DWMODpod. I'd love to hear who you guys think the Lions should take. I'd love people to give me their top five picks that they want out of that third pick. Anything, man. Let me see what's going on with that. And we'll be back again next week working on a very special podcast I've been putting a lot of time and effort into about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, also, tweet me anybody that you think should be in the Hall of Fame and is not in the Hall of Fame because I'm going to dig deep on the Baseball Hall of Fame. I find it really interesting, and a lot of people have been at me about putting up an episode about that because we talk about it a lot. So that's coming next week. You know, Stay tuned, man. See you next time.